0: From relationships to career, business ownership, and health, you are the source of your own success. We're just here to help you tap into your true potential and create a brighter future. So join us on the journey of personal growth and empowerment, and let's rethink what's possible for our lives. Ways to become a better public speaker. That's the subject today on Things You Should Know Podcast. Stick around. The Things You Should Know Podcast. It's our pleasure to welcome you in each and every week. Some of the topics that we discuss on this podcast range from tech to innovation, health and wellness to, yes, unsolved mysteries and crimes. You picked a great day to join us. Got a great podcast ahead for you. Sit back, relax, listen, and enjoy. Thank you for joining us at Things You Should Know podcast. Hey, you. Yes, you. You're listening to Things You Should Know podcast. You like it? you like to hear more? Well, great. Would you like to know two different ways that you can support the podcast? All you got to do is when you're done listening to this podcast, go down into the notes the show notes. There are two links there. Either one. Check them out. Thanks again. Have a great day. Every entrepreneur spends a lot of time delivering messages, whether it's leading a team, pitching a client, or actually keynoting an industry event. Speaking opportunities are ever present. Also, I know plenty of people who become public speakers and folks who go around and travel encouraging and spreading uh, good messages for a living. Not to mention that speaking at events is a great way to enhance your own status As an expert, a subject matter expert, and to create awareness for your business or even for you, for your brand. That being said, public speaking is one of the biggest fears that most people have, and it's an art as much as a science. With some tips, however, and some practice, you can leave a lasting impression on your audience and people will remember you. Guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Kelly. You've reached things you should know. And it's my pleasure as always to welcome you into the podcast today. uh, This is show number five, show number five of the new season, season two, show five. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard. Thank you for uh, finding us and listening today. Go ahead now and subscribe to the podcast before you forget who we are and where we are. And uh, yeah, uh, those who've been listening to us since day one, all of season one is in the vault now, and you guys are here supporting us in season two. Thank you guys so much for doing so. Today is going to be very impactful for you. So I know many of us like to reevaluate at the beginning of the year, and perhaps uh, some of us are heading out on job interviews. Some of us are heading out to promote our products and services for the year, and this is going to come in handy for you. Even if you don't find trepidation in speaking in public, there are many ways for us to be more effective. So we're going to talk about all of that today, not just the fear of speaking in public or in front of people, but also how do we become more effective? How do we more effectively get our messages across? How do we say what needs to be said and not run on? which is something I've had to practice during this podcast, making sure that I'm saying what needs to be said and no more to be precise and effective and giving people what they want and getting in and getting out. So guys, again, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to direct your attention to our paid platform opportunities. Take a look in the show notes. There are a number of ways to connect with us on an ongoing basis, whether you just want to do a one time support through Cash App or Zelle or something like that. Or if you want to sign up through one of our paid services, which is uh, maybe our Supercast service or through Patreon, where there are additional podcasts and additional things on those platforms. So here on the public uh, platform, uh, we get, you know, 75 60 to 75% of the podcast here, but you get so much more on the paid platforms. And I'd encourage you to take a look there. And it's not a whole lot of money. We're talking about, you know, entering at $5, uh, if you want Every little bit helps. We've got some specific goals this year at the podcast. We want to reach a certain number of Patreons, a certain number of Supercast uh, subscribers so that we can support the businesses that we've talked about in our uh, initial effort. So if you're curious about that, click down, go down in the show notes there and take a look through our Supercast platform. Take a look at our Patreon platform and it'll tell you exactly what it is that we do with the monies that you donate. I'll thank you in advance because I know many of you are going to go ahead and do that. We've got some really great listeners and we want to hit a goal of a thousand Patreons, a thousand Supercast uh, platform subscribers so that we can be effective in helping our black businesses uh, in your communities. You're going to be the ones that's going to be uh, nominating and telling me. Uh, who we should be supporting we're going to interview you we're going to interview uh, the business we're going to provide support we're going to do a lot we don't we want you to think of this podcast as a community this is a place where we not only talk about uh, positively affecting ourselves our lives and our futures but also the futures uh, of like-minded folks of the folks in our community so our communities can survive we know it's a win-win situation so anyway. No more of that. Go and take a look in the show notes and we thank you in advance for however you decide to support the podcast. Thank you. Oh, one last thing. We got a free gift for you. Also in the show notes, you'll see something that says free gift full transparency. I want your email address. I want to be able to send you communications from the podcast. No, I'm not going to spam you. But there are once a month, so that's 12 times a year, where we want to send you a newsletter to let you know what's going on here at the podcast. So we're going to give you a free book. It is The Effectiveness and the Benefits of Yoga and Mindfulness and Meditation. I actually wrote it myself. And it's a free download. And in exchange, you give us your email address. And once a month, you'll get a newsletter from us. And, uh, hey, yeah, you'll be able to keep in touch and keep in contact with what's going on here at the podcast. So anyway, let's get into it today. We want to be better at public speaking. We want to be more effective, more confident as a public speaker as well. How do we do that? What are some of the important uh, attributes of a public speaker? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start here. Let's start here. Uh, When you think of a great orator, what comes to mind? Who comes to mind? I should say, who comes to mind? Many people will say people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Was a super speaker, a great orator. Uh, You've got uh, Barack Obama. You've got Bill Clinton. You've got many folks who were able to really harness and utilize the ability of speech to get a message across, to get a message across. I think an effective professional lead coach has to have this ability as well. You have to be charismatic. You have to be very effective and purposeful in your speech. And you have to connect The most important thing, possibly, you have to connect with your audience. Now, I'm one for a robust and uh, voluptuous, if you will, vocabulary. However, if your message is going above your audience's intellect and above their head, it is not going to be effective. So you have to be aware of who you're talking to and so you know where to speak from. So we're going to kind of get into that today but i just wanted to kind of put those folks in your and you can think of you know whoever you 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 may not agree with my list maybe you have your own list and that's fine but uh when we start to uh talk about public speaking have someone in your mind that you uh, perhaps you had a fantastic college professor high school professor uh grad school professor that was really eloquent and able to deliver some difficult information but in a very um in a, in a, in a very systematic way that made sense to you, because that's the other piece of it. How do you deliver information uh, in a manner that is sensible and it connects with your audience? How do you do that? Now I have, in case uh, this is your first time listening, I have mentioned over the course of, we had 110 podcasts last year. Can you remember that? Can, can you believe that 110 podcasts and we're already on number five and it's January, we pump out a lot of podcasts, so subscribe. You're going to get a lot of good stuff here anyway. So I mentioned in at least, I don't know, a few of those that during my college, um, uh, my, my college uh, years, I was involved in a lot of public speaking. And That was part of the curriculum that every class, almost every class, I would say 90 percent of the classes that I. Uh, was enlisted for and and, and took, uh, we had to do some sort of public speaking, some sort of presentation, some sort of demonstration in front of the class and sometimes in front of industry and in front of uh, our teachers and professors that by the time I was in professional life, I was used to speaking in front of people. Now, I wasn't... Um, I wasn't, as I say, um, I had this professor, he would lose it when you say, um, he hated it. Uh, He was able to get you to slow down, to hear yourself. So that's why I just heard myself say, um, because that is not something that he would, he would uh, like. He would admonish that. His thing was when you're saying, um, it's a time filler. And you're not sure where you're going next. And that may show a lack of confidence to your to your audience. A lot of people, maybe you're one of those. You say, um, one of the things that I used to do early on. I always listen back to the podcast, but I would listen to hear myself and how many times I would say, um. I have the material in front of me and I begin to ask myself as I kind of go off on this tangent here. Why was I doing it? I know better than to do that. Why am I doing that? And I felt some sort of pressure to not have any dead space, not have any of this. Let's take a quick break. Hey, I'm going to get you back to that episode really quick. I know you're enjoying the podcast. I wanted to say thank you, break in really quick to say thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Three things really quickly. Number one, thank you for listening. Number two, please go down in the show notes. We have a new um way to communicate and it is through text so we'd love to hear from you guys so please send us a text message when you're done listening to this episode we'd love to know what your thoughts are and then lastly please go into our digital store we've got a lot of digital products there that can help you be supported throughout these content deliveries throughout the podcast there are ways for you to download these worksheets and ebooks and different things that can help really solidify some of the content that we talk about here on Rethink Podcast. Thank you guys so much, and I'll get you back to your episode. And so I would say, um. Well, I don't have it at pressure anymore. I may every now and then say um because of, of old habits, but I hear it, and my goal is to to rid myself of it. Now, having said that, I have since college and early professional life, had a number of opportunities to speak before other colleagues, clients, potential clients, customers, uh, other professionals, trade shows, social organizations, social organizations that we promote among community, et cetera. Now, I will tell you, sometimes I still get a little nervous before I speak before an audience. And I think that's natural. You want to do well. You want uh everything to go the way you have you know imagined it. And and, and as I say that, that is a very important key. I'm gonna tell you this and then we're gonna launch into our areas for improvement. I do mentor young people and part of our program has to do with public speaking because that's so important in terms of being able to help young men. Uh, to understand the effectiveness of being able to speak in public and do it clearly and do it concisely. And one of the things that I always tell them is I should not be, or whoever's listening to them, whatever the audience is, that particular day, we should not be, this should not be the first time that you've heard yourself say this. We shouldn't be your first audience. You should have gone through this many times already uh, verbally Several times you should speak this out loud, doing what we call mirror work, what I call mirror work, or you should have visualized this. Visualization is a big part of personal success. You should have seen yourself being successful already. One of the things that I do before I speak, as a matter of fact, it's so habitual that I tend to do it even after I've (laughs) delivered the speech. I go through this in my mind several times. I very rarely write anything down now at my age. I'm 51, and I've done this a lot of times. Now, don't get me wrong. If it's something technical and I need to remember a particular formula, or name of something that's difficult to recall, yes, I'll write it down. But I don't normally write down my message, and I don't memorize it. I have a system of knowing what I'm going to be talking about, and I have key phrases that trigger one of three things, a story, a statement or resolution. And I can use that to get me through my conversation with my audience. I don't suggest that to very young person or somebody who's new in terms of public speaking. So let's get into uh, some of the ways uh, to be effective and, you know, for public speaking. So, number one, uh, this article, it came from CNBC of all places. Uh, and then we pull another article from a place called Mind Tools, Mind Tools, Better Public Speaking, Become Confident, Compelling Public Speaker. All right. So the first thing they say here at CNBC is don't memorize your lines. So I sort of led into that already. Don't memorize. Too many speakers believe the best way to give a great speech is to memorize their content word for word. Memorization makes you sound over-rehearsed, not natural. Uh, if your mind blanks at any point during the presentation, a common occurrence for even the most skilled speakers, you'll lose your place and potentially create an awkward silence. That is true. If you try to memorize something and you can't remember it, it throws you off course As opposed to naturally speaking to a subject, let's say your subject is flowers, but you're memorizing particular flowers, particular patterns, particular growth periods, particular seasons, as opposed to just speaking from your experience as a person who is a subject matter expert on growing flowers. You're not going to get lost in your past performance, in your history of growing flowers. But you will get lost in a specific technical interpretation that was written down that you're trying to memorize. I see kids do it all the time when they're giving speeches at school. They've memorized, I don't know, something a president said or a particular speech that was written by their uh, teacher or that has to do with a particular time of year. And they get lost because they can't remember the next word. So what we're not gonna do is we're not going to memorize anything. I'm not saying you have to be a subject matter expert to speak on something, you should be close, but you should be able to create bullet points that will allow you to flow through your message, provide you with key points of your message, stories, data, takeaways, et cetera, but just key points. Example, take a look at a comedian. Comedian is nobody way can uh, memorize all of that content. What they do and how they do it, it. Well, I'm not a comedian, but I'm giving you my two cents is they have key words, key bullet points. So let's say they're going to start off their show talking about politics. OK, so their show could be made up of four points, politics, relationships. Um, Let's see. And as I say, um, again, politics, relationships, sports and culture, those that's their whole show. And between those four words, they're going to have 45 minutes worth of actual oral content. Now, they start off in politics and they could start off with current events and they could be talking about election or whatever the case may be. But they don't have it written down. I think you get my point. So, this allows you to feel more natural. You're not going to get lost in it and you can flow. Now, the challenge, of course, is not to overdo it and get lost and talk too much because we have some people, what I call microphone terrorists, who love to hear themselves talk. You have to not be a microphone terrorist either. Excuse me. You have to realize when you've made your point or when you've said the joke. Or when you've conveyed the message to move on to the next message, next point, next joke. Number one, don't memorize anything. Number two, you can practice in a noisy room. So this tip came from a seasoned Hollywood actor who liked to practice his lines for an upcoming television or film performance in a neighborhood pool hall. Most people are inclined to go somewhere to practice where they won't be distracted. But the truth is, it doesn't really prepare you for a real presentation because there are going to be other people in the room. Many times I've done presentations for organizations and their, you know, parents and kids and movement and kids can cry or drop something. If you're, you know, listen, you, you as a young person, you may not be able to. Go to a pool hall or somewhere really noisy to practice your presentation. I'm not suggesting you do that, but you want to anticipate uh, that there could be some feedback from the audience. For example, if you are telling a joke and many times I'll have somewhere within my presentation, something that is humorous or funny to kind of keep people engaged, then expect for them to give you some feedback in the form of laughter. So if you practice somewhere noisy, which is point number two, you can work through the distractions and you can learn how you will respond and how to stay focused on your content. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, embrace audio and visuals. Oh, my God, is this is a lifesaver for folks who get nervous speaking in front of people who feel like I'm not going to remember everything, who feel like I may forget something. Embrace audio visuals. Please, if you're not a very good speaker, I'm just going to tell you this with peace and love. I see so many times over the years I have been director or chairman for conferences, uh, regional conferences for organizations that I'm part of. And within those conferences, I will have multiple speakers and I would tell them many times, please, please, please do not bring a PowerPoint. Or some sort of visual with you that you're simply going to read to the audience. That's the worst. That is the worst. No, everyone can read what the PowerPoint or the presentation, the visual, the audio should be is a pointer toward your message. Something that helps keep you moving. Don't read to us what's already on the television, the the whiteboard or on the screen. We can all read. Embrace audio and visuals. One of the most engaging speeches that this audience has ever, uh, this particular uh, writer, is saying that they've ever heard was from someone called Steve Hayton. He's an advertising uh, guru extraordinaire and the man behind the iconic Apple 1984 Macintosh commercial. His speech was uh, on branding, but the majority of it was watching fun commercials on screen and him giving a bit of commentary on the impact of each one and what you could learn and what you could apply from each of them. Another keynote that uh, this person has seen came from a DJ, this DJ, was a live DJ changed up music every time the speaker had a new story or a message to underscore and literally score his points. So it was a way for the audience to know he was moving on. Most speakers know to not read directly from slides. I don't know, because I had to tell a lot of people. But according to this, most people know to not to do that. But if you didn't, please don't do that. The more you can make your speech into multi sensory content, the better. So. Maybe you don't have very exciting content. You're at a trade show and you're talking about uh, transportation and uh, your message today is the cost of fuel. (laughs) Fuel's going up. It's going to be hard to get a DJ to come in and score that. People are not going to be super excited to hear about it. Matter of fact, the only people probably interested are the people in that industry. But you can have some illustrations to show, for example, past you know, fuel costs versus today's fuel costs. Anytime where you can have a visual of what you're talking about, you're going to connect with your audience better. People are more audio driven than visual, but vision visuals help them. People retain more of what they hear versus what they see, according to studies. But visuals, along with auditory support, always helps to drive your story home. Okay, so just remember that if you can bring in some sort of visual with you while you are presenting the audio piece of it, your oration, your presentation, you can be showing them exactly what it is they're talking about. And quite honestly, a lot of people who are nervous on stage tend to feel they need the company, if you will, to have presentations going. It takes some of the pressure off of them. OK, they can refer to slides so they feel like instead of all the eyes on them, maybe, you know, the eyes are on the presentation. And it goes back and forth until they can get their win. A lot of times people are not comfortable in the first five minutes of their speech. But after the first five minutes and they're getting good responses from the audience, they're synced in. They caught it with their breath or they've calmed down some to have those illustrations. Those presentations can really go a long way with assisting the speaker. All right, number four, focus on serving the audience. Okay, you're the subject matter expert. What does the audience come from? The most seasoned speakers can get nervous before presenting. I told you I've done this a hundred times. I still sort of do it. The last time, maybe because it was the first time I've done this type of speaking and I wanted it to come across very well, was my daughter's wedding and we were, I was tasked with doing the toast. As a matter of fact, I didn't know this, but I was going to be the first person to do the toast. So I was a little nervous, quite honestly. I was a little nervous, and, uh, but according to all of the accolades, and my daughter was very pleased, and I thought it went really, really well, but I was nervous. Now, the most effective way to take the pressure off of you is to change your mindset and to think about serving your audience rather than focusing on your very own personal performance. Remember, you are there to provide your listeners with valuable information that's going to help them. If your audience leaves with even one or two new pieces of information or a new perspective, you've made it worth their while. Some of the same pressures I feel during this podcast. I want to make sure that you feel like you're getting something out of listening. None of us are going to ever get any time we've spent doing anything back. The most we can hope for is that the time we put into these particular things, whatever they are, and today is you listen to me on this podcast. The hope is that you're getting something out of it, that this is helpful to you. So by focusing on being helpful or in service of the audience, you'll be able to relax a little bit more. Also, chatting with people that you are going to be speaking to before you give your speech can help you serve your audience even better. Now, I've done this when you sort of let some of that energy out, because here's what's happening when you get nervous, what's happening? You've got all this energy built up. You've not let it out yet. And so if you can do some verbal exercises before, in this case, you're just talking about talking to some people before you actually take the stage and you start to just let some of that flow once you hit the stage, once you get the mic, uh, a little less of that nervous energy may still be there. This warms you up and it lets you sort of gauge their sense of humor. If you're talking to people about your content before you get on stage. okay. so if you're talking to, for example, a small business owner about marketing and Susan, for example, told you a great story about how she used an unusual marketing technique or tactic, incorporate Susan's story. Into your presentation Okay Incorporate the story Into your presentation And her being an audience She may appreciate that That's number four Number five Make it interactive Make your presentation interactive One of this uh, author's favorite speeches That uh, he's given Is an elevator speech Or pitch He had to lay out the foundation Of a good pitch Show live clips And uh, which makes up a real pitch and let the audience critique what good and bad about that particular pitch. So this keeps the audience involved in that part of the presentation. So if you have a product, a service, you maybe want to engage the audience. Let's say you're rolling out a new iron for, you know, ironing home, you know, things, clothes and things like that. You may want to talk to people about what they currently like about their current iron. You may want to incorporate that into what your product does. Talk to people about what they don't like about their current iron and maybe tell them this is why we have this new product. I did this uh, some time ago. Uh, I was doing a presentation. I was president of a social organization. And this, again, had to do with our young people that we mentor So the young people were there Their parents were there Their siblings were there And this is the Kind of big Dog and pony show At the beginning of that year And we were taunting How Or taunting Saying how great This program is And why it's great That your son Now is involved in it And me as the president Of the organization I was Basically there To sell them on Why coming Week after week Is going to benefit Their student Their their son Their kid Well I didn't write anything down. One of the things I did was this to make, because when you're talking about teenagers, this is middle schoolers and high schoolers. Sometimes you can lose their attention. Most of them want to be there. Some of them are there because their parents said, this is what you're going to do. Okay. I've been doing this a long time and I have kids, so I know how that works. So they can check out on you really easily. Well, if we go back to the top and when we were talking about not memorizing your lines, one of the things that I did, I had three keywords. And the keywords could have been education, uh, procrastination, and achievement. Okay, let's say those are my words. Well, what I did, I gave those words to three different students. Okay, student number one, you're gonna help uh, in the speech today. Your word is achievement. Student number two, your word is procrastination. And student number three, your word is whatever it was. And I would come back to them and say, okay, what was your word? And it did a multitude of things. Number one, it kept me on track with my message. But number two, it kept them, uh, uh, kept their attention because they knew, hey, at some point he's going to want this word. I got to remember this. And so I've got to pay attention to what he's saying. So I didn't have to write anything down. I was very interactive with my audience. The audience had to reciprocate, especially the kids, because they actually held on to the words for me. So I'm not suggesting you go out to a big trade show and do this, but it would work. It would, would work. It would, You have to be somebody close to your to, to to the stage. But it certainly worked for me that day. And it's one of my preferred ways of talking to young people because it keeps them in. Gauge. And it's an easy way, almost cheating, if you will, of moving your messages along. And the other thing is, I think, especially for those three students who had to hold on to those words, they don't soon forget it. They don't soon forget it. So ways of interacting with your audience and ways of being effective. All right. So real quick, let's jump over to our other article, which was uh, done over at MindTools.com. And let's see what they have to say about becoming a better speaker. Number one, they say to plan appropriately. Make sure that your plan for communication is done. Uh, Whatever tools you're going to use uh, that you've already done that. When you think about how important, you know, uh, books first paragraph is, for example, it doesn't grab you. You're likely to go and put it down. You want to make sure that when you come out, this is very key. You want to make sure that when you come out, you catch your audience attention. Each time that I've come out and I've done some sort of public presentation, I've always made my first few statements very, very impactful. Because number one, you want to uh, you want to come across as confident as a subject matter expert, but you also want to be effective. You want to grab your audience's attention and say, "Okay, here's what we're going to be talking about today." But do it in a way that they say, "Okay, this is interesting. He's got me. He's got me." Uh, Practice. They say you should practice. Of course you should practice. Uh, practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. And if you need help practicing, you should look into organizations like Toastmasters. I was a part of Toastmasters for a while. It is a club that's geared specifically toward public speaking and helping people who are aspiring to be better public speakers. And it doesn't just have to do with you being nervous in front of an audience. You're talking about technique and actual um, science of public speaking and how to move through a speech. uh, What are some of the ways to connect with your audience on a very specific level? How to gauge the volume of your voice even? Toastmasters is uh, is an organization I would certainly, certainly recommend uh, for young and young at heart alike. All right. We already talked about engaging with your audience. That's what they say is their number three. And number four is very important. Pay attention to body language. Pay attention to body language, not only your body language, but to the body language of the folks that are listening to you. As an effective public speaker, body language of your audience could tell you that maybe you need to move on (laughs) from a particular topic or you maybe need to do something different. If the body language is showing people are not really paying attention or people slouching or people going to sleep, you should read that. If you see people being very excited, you know, laughing or interacting with you, you should read that as well. Now, your body language Your body language is just as key. You don't want to be leaning over the podium. You don't want to seem unenthusiastic. You don't want to seem uninterested because you are the subject matter expert. You are the presenter. And if you have low energy, chances are your audience is going to receive that and they're going to reciprocate. They're going to have low energy. So the message here is your audience normally reciprocates. So you come with that energy, your audience can come and reciprocate, and so you'll have a good experience. So pay attention to body language. Uh, think positively. We sort of talked about this already when I said earlier, when we were mentoring young men and we said you've got to imagine, you've got to visualize yourself doing this successfully before you get in front of people. You've got to get in the mirror. You've got to hear yourself. Many people have not heard themselves talk out loud, especially young people. So when you do that for the first time, it can be an awkward experience. It's kind of like hearing yourself on a recording or a voice recording. You say, is that how I sound? And it could be off-putting, but the more you do it, the more you get used to it, okay? So think positively. This makes a huge difference in how you communicate and how people receive your communication, if you come across as confident or not. Fear can make your voice sound uh, trembling. Uh, Sometimes people get into negative cycles of information. Let's say, for example, you are going to present, you know, I don't know, the benefits of, Of growing your own food. If you begin to harp on a government protocol because you're anti-government and it comes across super negative, that could affect the way your audience sees your overall messaging. Okay. So just be cognizant of that. Use your affirmations, use visualization to raise your own confidence. Affirmations such as, I am whole or I am perfect. I am positive. I can do this every day. And I gave this to you guys. I can't remember the podcast, but I told you one of the affirmations I use every day and you can have this. You can use it is I am able to complete the largest or smallest, most difficult task with ease. Again, I am able to complete the largest or smallest, most difficult task with ease. Ease. Continue to feed these affirmations to yourself. Continue to see yourself completing not only this task, but any task that comes before you in a successful manner. Remember, you are a creator. You have the power through your own imagination to create your outcome. So it's important that you see yourself doing this before it's done. If you don't, then the chances are it won't. Okay? All right. Um, let's see. What else do they have here? They're saying you can watch recordings of yourself. That's similar to mirror work. If you want to record yourself, everybody has recording devices these days. Record yourself doing a speech and play it back. This is a way for you not to over critique yourself. OK, don't do that because that's a whole nother thing. Don't over critique yourself pay attention to the technicalities of the thing not that how what your body looks like and the fact that oh I wish my stomach wasn't this that has nothing to do with the speech okay but we can get caught up in that vanity piece pay attention to how you are speaking the confidence that you are exerting and the level of command that you may be showing with that particular subject okay And then find a way to cope with your nerves. Many people like to meditate, use visualization, mindfulness before they speak. Uh, You can do deep breathing exercises. If you go back through the podcast, we talked many different times about the benefits of deep breathing. There's something called block breathing, block breathing, which can help slow your heart rate before you take the stage. What is block breathing? How many sizes of block have four sides? So we're going to inhale for five seconds, hold our breath for five seconds, exhale for five seconds, hold our breath for five seconds. What does that do? Well, it slows down your heart rate. Number one. Number two, it allows you to burn some of that energy that's compiled, that's, that's built up in you, that's waiting to get out. And it calms you and it calms your breathing. So when you take the mic, you don't sound. Like, and then, you know, and then and then because once you're once you get so wound up, you're breathing. You know, when you get to the microphone, people can hear that you're almost, you know, you're just you're you're just racing or panting because you got so much energy and you can't catch your breath. This happened to me before. It's natural. So let's find a way to cope with our nerves. So at the end of the day, some key points are plan, plan, plan appropriately. Make sure that you practice, you visualize, you've seen yourself doing this successfully. You engage with your audience. You pay attention to the body language. You think positively. You figure out a good breathing technique that's going to help you cope with your nerves. And just a side note here. If you are nervous before you speak. Do not, I repeat, do not add caffeine to that situation. Don't drink a cup of coffee. Don't get a Coke or Pepsi. It's going to make it worse. It's going to make you more jittery. Okay, wait. If you drink that sort of stuff, wait until after you do your speech. And then lastly, uh, record yourself and watch and see how good uh, that you do. Okay. All right, guys, that has been our uh, way of helping you to become a better public speaker this year many of you entrepreneurs are heading out to do trade shows and pop-up markets and different things like that and you're going to talk to a multitude of clients and customers we want you to be confident we want you to get as many sales as you can possibly get many of you may be new teachers new educators and this is the first time i've taught on a collegiate level and normally my classes are 30 students but tomorrow i'm going to have 300 kids in here well listen take some of these techniques to heart and you will do well I'm the new director of marketing at my company, Kelly, and not only do I have to present this sales plan to my boss and to my other colleagues, but I also have to go out with the folks that are working for me and present this information to our current clients and new potential clients. Well, use these techniques. You can do it. Think positive. Know that I can complete the largest or smallest, most difficult tasks with these. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. It's been our pleasure. Please make sure you don't forget to check us out in the show notes. Support the podcast. We really do need it. We thank you in advance. Thanks. That's all for today's episode of Rethink. We hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new ideas and perspectives and found valuable insights and strategies that you can apply to your life. Remember, you are the source of your own success and fulfillment. And by embracing new ways of thinking, you can unlock your true potential and yes, create the life that you truly desire. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your loved ones and associates, and even your followers on social media. Also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Lastly, don't forget to check out our show notes for free downloads and empowering ebooks that can help you on your journey of personal growth and empowerment. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We look forward to exploring more ideas and insights with you in the next episode of Rethink.